Hello, and welcome to the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ann Eglash. This podcast is co-sponsored by the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health, as well as the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. The Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine is an international organization of physicians dedicated to the promotion, protection, and support of breastfeeding and human lactation through education and research. Our goal for this podcast series is to help you manage clinical aspects of breastfeeding medicine. We also hope to keep you updated with current research that may impact practice management. Any advice or recommendations in this podcast do not reflect official policies or views of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Okay, so I'm going to get started. Today we're talking about the Surgeon General's call to action um, for breastfeeding support. I have with me today Dr. Ildi Martanfi. Dr. Martanfi is a family physician. She's a clinical assistant professor with the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health. Uh, she has designed the breastfeeding curriculum for the family medicine residents at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine. Hi, Ildi. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Dr. Ulash. Thank you for having me. Oh, call me Anne. <laughs> okay. Hi, Anne. <laughs> so, Today we're talking about the Surgeon General's call to action for breastfeeding support. And so what is this call to action and why is it important? Yeah, so the United States Surgeon General's call to action to support breastfeeding is a document that outlines steps that can be taken to remove some of the obstacles many women face uh, who want to breastfeed their babies. It was released by the current U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Regina Benjamin, in January of 2011. And the call to action is a continuation and formalization of work that was begun by some of the former USA Surgeon Generals, Dr. C. Everett Koop and Dr. David Satcher, whose work previously outlined key actions needed to improve breastfeeding rates and demonstrated commitment to supporting breastfeeding as a public health goal. The call to action recognizes and highlights the risks of not breastfeeding, including increased risk of diarrhea, ear infections, pneumonia, asthma, and obesity in non-breastfed infants. And Dr. Benjamin feels that everyone can play an important part in helping mothers who want to breastfeed and urges everyone to help make breastfeeding easier. In this call to action, she sets forth recommendations for how we can overcome the barriers women face by targeting various sectors of our community. And this is very important because as the U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Benjamin serves as America's doctor by providing Americans the best scientific information available on how we can improve our health and reduce the risk of illness and injury. The fact that the U.S.'s medical figurehead chose to highlight the importance of breastfeeding and bring focus to the importance of overcoming obstacles to successful breastfeeding demonstrates just how integral this issue is for the health of our individual citizens as well as for the health of our communities. And in preparing this call to action, Dr. Benjamin listens to mothers, families, and organizations whose work impacts breastfeeding. She really took their needs and considerations into account and validated their need for better breastfeeding support in the United States. So mainly breastfeeding is public health 101, huh? It sure is. You know, everything everything starts uh, in infancy or even before in in pregnancy, as we know, and um, breastfeeding is no exception to this. Right. And I think it's I think it's interesting that she focused on the risks of not breastfeeding because so often we're talking about the benefits of breastfeeding and there's been this feeling of uh, implied guilt if we talk about the risks of not breastfeeding. 
I think you're exactly right. You know, I think we have to um, kind of remind ourselves of what's normal. We we didn't survive for this long as humans by giving our baby formula. We survived by breastfeeding, and that is what other things should be compared to as the gold standard as opposed to the other way around. Right, making breastfeeding normative, yeah. So in general, what sectors of the community does she address in hoping to support breastfeeding women? Yeah, so in the call to action, Dr. Benjamin sets forth recommendations pertaining to individual mothers and their families, to communities, health care systems, employment settings, research and surveillance, as well as public health. And for each of these sectors, she delineates specific actions designed to remove barriers to successful breastfeeding. You know, she recognizes that women want to breastfeed, but that there are a lot of things in their way and that we need to address these barriers from every aspect of society. Well, I'd like to talk uh, a little bit about these different sectors of our community. So in terms of supporting mothers directly and their families, what does she recommend? Sure. And, you know, as one would expect, she recommends education um, for moms, obviously, ideally during pregnancy and obviously after baby's born as well, combined with hands-on teaching. So breastfeeding, probably like like nothing else, is, is an area where we can't just say, oh, this is what you should do. You know, unfortunately, in the U.S., many moms-to-be or new moms haven't seen a lot of their family members breastfeed successfully. So we really need a lot of hands-on teaching for moms who are trying to do something that maybe they've never seen done before. Uh, she also highlights the importance of time flexibility and family support. And one of the things I found really interesting is, um, in particular, she recommends programs to educate fathers and grandmothers about breastfeeding because there's very strong evidence that shows that involving these important support people in a mom's um, life and in a mom's breastfeeding experience can, can have a positive impact on breastfeeding rates and a particular mom's continuation of breastfeeding or not. I think you and I both see that in our practice, that there are families that are supportive of the moms. They're much more likely to be successful. Absolutely, and unfortunately, we see the opposite, too, especially with some of some of the young moms that I see um, who maybe don't come from cultures or families where breastfeeding was the norm. They may be interested and motivated to breastfeeding to breastfeed because, you know, they know that it is what's best for their baby, but they unfortunately get some negative um, pressures from family members and then either don't even try or stop much earlier than we would like them to. Right. In terms of communities, what does Dr. Benjamin recommend that we do for breastfeeding support? Yeah, so obviously it makes sense that the mom's immediate support system, like her baby's father and the grandmothers, would be important to successful breastfeeding. But it's true that a mom's larger community is important as well. Because of this, Dr. Benjamin recommends strengthening programs that provide mother-to-mother support and peer counseling. And one such program um, is the WIC program that has peer counselors available to help breastfeeding moms and uh, programs like La Leche League or other other organizations where moms can get together with other moms who are maybe struggling with the same issues and and trying to work through the same concerns. She also recommends increasing funds for nonprofit organizations that promote breastfeeding. And she does highlight that this is especially important in communities of color as lower breastfeeding rates in these communities are thought to actually play into potentially preventative health disparities. Um, She also advocates for round-the-clock access to breastfeeding assistance as key questions and concerns are obviously just as likely, if not more likely, to arise in the middle of the night as they are during the day when a mom might have easier access uh, to her support people. 
In addition, she stresses the importance of creating a national campaign to promote breastfeeding and states that this campaign should rely heavily on social marketing, which I think is pretty progressive. Um, it, it makes sense, too, as we know that a mom's feeding choices for her child are quite likely going to be influenced by um, the choices of those in her social network. So if she does see her friends breastfeeding and talking about breastfeeding and talking about um, how their babies who are breastfed are healthier, then, then if they weren't, a mom might be more likely to stick with that and, and to be interested and to ask questions of her peers, too. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And then, And then for employers, what would she like to see happen? Yeah, so, you know, many moms of young infants rejoin the workforce after maternity leaves that would be considered pretty short in most parts of the world. And Dr. Benjamin recommends improving funding for paid maternity leave for all employed mothers, as well as establishing and maintaining comprehensive, high-quality lactation support programs and places of employment. You know, this is, of course, where we spend a lot of our day, um, so we need support there, too. Many moms are motivated to express milk for their infants but face barriers to doing so at work. You, know, you can imagine if a mom works as a delivery truck driver somewhere, you know, where is she, where is she going to stop and, and express her milk? Um, in addition to expanding resources to help employers comply with pumping laws, Dr. Benjamin recommends expanding programs that actually allow lactating moms to have direct access to their babies during their workday. You know, whether that means letting baby be there in the office with you or in a daycare that's, you know, that's maybe in the same building. Um, she's a big advocate of programs that improve that kind of access. She also underscores the importance of ensuring that all child care providers accommodate the needs of breastfeeding mothers and their infants. And that includes things like um, making sure daycare providers know how to store and handle breast milk and making sure that um, laws, you know, pertaining to this being a bodily fluid aren't aren't over the board and unnecessary compared to, you know, some laws that are in place currently. Right. And what does the call to action uh, recommend regarding effective strategies that hospitals can use to support breastfeeding? So there are lots of steps that hospitals and physician offices can take to support breastfeeding. Obviously, you know, doctors serve the role of educating their patients, which hopefully will start early on. But one large step um, that that we have a ways to come on is to ensure that marketing of infant formula is conducted in a way that really minimizes its negative impacts on exclusive breastfeeding. There are many, many studies that show that marketing infant formula and dispensing infant formula in um, in hospitals has a negative effect on mom's continuation of breastfeeding. And, you know, if medical personnel are recommending breastfeeding but also handing out formula samples, mothers will likely get a very mixed message about what's best for their children and what's really being recommended. And sort of a more formal way that hospitals can can work toward making sure they're supporting breastfeeding is by pursuing the baby-friendly certification through the Baby-Friendly Hospital Initiative. This initiative outlines 10 steps to support breastfeeding, and these include, you know, things like not using pacifiers, advocating for skin-to-skin contact between mother and baby and not supplementing with formula unless it's really, truly, absolutely medically necessary. Uh, She also calls attention to the importance of continuity of skilled lactation support upon discharge from the hospital. So, you know, mom might get off to a pretty good start in the hospital, but then be going out um, into a home and community where she doesn't have such good support. So making sure mom knows where to turn for help um, after the first few days of life is pretty important. Uh, She also recommends educating 
um, education and breastfeeding training for all health professionals who care for women and children, whether midwives, doctors, nurses, you know, anybody that that mom might come into contact with um, in the medical setting. And um, in addition, she advocates for improved access to and reimbursement for services provided by internationally board-certified lactation consultants, as well as improved access to safe bank donor milk for fragile infants who might otherwise be supplemented with formula. Boy, I hope that this call to action has some impact on medical school curriculums because medical schools still have not given a whole lot of weight to breastfeeding education uh, prior to residency. You're absolutely right about that. And, and, you know, in the call to action, she really highlights a lot of areas that we have to, uh, to work on. And we, you know, we have to kind of continue moving upstream. So working on residency programs for, for any physician who's going to come into contact with a lactating mom, which is pretty much any physician, and then going even, even above that um, to the medical school level, I think is key. Oh, absolutely. What about other infrastructures uh, that uh, need to play a key role in supporting breastfeeding women? What other um, institutions or structures does the call to action recommend? Um, so, yeah, Dr. Benjamin does have recommendations for, for infrastructure and large organizations as well. Um, her recommendations include increasing funding of high-quality research on breastfeeding, as well as developing a national monitoring system to improve the tracking of breastfeeding rates. You know, we, we get data from, from a variety of sources, but um, kind of having this tracked and, and um, administered in a central fashion will likely make our data better. She also recognizes the importance of monitoring policies and environmental factors that affect breastfeeding. In the public health arena, she proposes the creation of a federal interagency work group on breastfeeding and improved support for the United States Breastfeeding Committee and some of the affiliated state coalitions to support breastfeeding. So, you know, there are organizations that exist, but um, they need to work together in a more cohesive manner and, and kind of reading between the lines, I'm hoping that uh, more funding would, would be along the lines of what she's recommending for these organizations too. Well, great. Well, thanks for reviewing the call to action with me. We sure have a lot of work to do to kind of put the rubber to the road, don't we? We sure do. You know, in short, the Surgeon General's call to action to support breastfeeding makes specific recommendations for how various sectors of our society can and should improve breastfeeding support in the USA, you know, with the ultimate goal of improving our health. And in a news release, Dr. Benjamin was quoted as saying, that many barriers exist for mothers who want to breastfeed. They shouldn't have to go it alone. Whether you're a clinician, a family member, a friend, or an employer, you can play an important part in helping mothers who want to breastfeed. And her call to action is a thoughtful, thorough summary of exactly how we can do just that. Great. Well, thank you so much again for summarizing all of that. And um, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. If you have any interest in the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine or any questions or comments about this podcast, please email us at abm at b as in boy, f as in frank, med.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks.